This is The Real Good Podcast. It's also take three of The Real Good Podcast because my wife was being noisy in the first two takes. Which feels appropriate for talking about Deadpool. All right, I you think know, we need to die and live again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my name is John Roebuck and with me is... I, can't, I, I, I feel like using the nicknames that I, I've given you and you already know from the first take. <laughs> I'm with Blake Curtis and I'm with Derek Armstrong. All right, on to The Last Jedi. Guys, what did you think of The Last Jedi? No, Derek. This episode is called... Deadpool 2. <laughs> and that's because we're talking about Deadpool 2. Now, wait, hold on a second. Did Logan sign off on this? No. Well, no. Yes. Logan. I didn't like The Last Jedi. Uh, yeah, we can talk about The Last Jedi if you want. But um, you know, I, I think it was the best of the new franchise, but I still didn't like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Well, <clears throat> Kylo Ren. Hey, here's a synopsis for Deadpool 2 that we found <laughs> on the internet. Wise cracking mercenary Deadpool joins forces with three mutants, Bedlam, Shatterstar, and Domino, to protect a boy from the all powerful cable. Now, I don't think that's actually a good synopsis. That's the synopsis that comes up on Google. Mm. But Bedlam, well, we spoilers, didn't know what it was about. We would have written it. Spoiler point. alert uh, Bedlam and Shatterstar die really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he teams up with a lot more mutants than that. Anyway. Yeah. Now, this is a little bit different to the average TRP. TRP. <laughs> shortening. Uh, did you even introduce us? I did. Derek, you're Derek. And, yeah, and the he one said he didn't do the nicknames. Now that talking is oh, no out. nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right. You guys are really thrown on this podcast. I'm trying to be as outside and, the box as possible. And let me, let me explain <laughs> why, why, especially Derek's thrown. I feel like I'm keeping my call pretty well. <laughs> this is a little bit different to the average TRP because instead of uh, skulking off to check out the film separately, We've literally just arrived back from the cinemas then. We were watching the closing credits like 23 minutes ago. Yeah, and we're, we're drinking cups of tea. <laughs> We've had no real time to deliberate our thoughts regarding this movie. This is real time, folks. This is the Real Good Podcast, raw and unplugged. Look but out. still plugged because that's how you record. Yeah, and Audio. it might be the first time we ever do this, I feel. From, first? From the, you mean last? It's definitely the first time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This may just be the first this time we've done that. This may just be the first time. In fact, it is. In fact, you can call me your last It's what they call a still processing review on another uh, film podcast that I listen to. And, and since this is a Deadpool episode, we might as well talk about other film podcasts as well. And that's all I'm going to say about hey, that film right. podcast. Hey, right. Shout oh, out yeah. to, the, uh, to the film podcast <laughs> yeah. F This Movie. Yeah, it's, Derek actually said that. He was just like, let's try and break the fourth wall as much as we can in doing this podcast. I'm breaking it, man. <laughs> and Rono and I were like... I don't, I don't How many walls are there on audio? That's <laughs> what I We break the fourth know. wall in every single episode. So five. we got to break it more. We got <laughs> from the opening moment of the podcast. We got to bust it wide open. I yeah. say we build the fourth wall. Yeah, let's build a ceiling. Hey, Derek, what do you think about Deadpool? I really didn't like what they did with the Luke Skywalker plot because he. I just felt like he really could have been a good part of the episode nine, and now he'll just have to come back as a Force ghost. Derek also mentioned tonight that he was annoyed that we didn't do a <laughs> podcast in The Last Jedi. So he's And no 2017 podcast. Yeah, he's hijacking it. He's yeah. hijacking so my favorite Rono film of 2017 Ransom. was A Ghost Story. What about you guys? Was that your favorite? Yeah, it was great. Good film. Okay, Blakey, what did you think of Deadpool 2? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it more than Deadpool 1. Me too. Um, I thought it was, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm wondering if they trusted the format more after the first one proved to be so successful and maybe they allowed them to to play with it a bit more, if that makes sense. I think the first one, first Deadpool was probably an experiment um, and because it was a successful experiment, now they were willing to kind of put more eggs in. Well, I also think the direction was a lot slicker. So Tim Miller directed the first one 
which was his first feature film. He was an FX man before he directed Deadpool and he uh, was sort of booted off Deadpool 2 because of creative differences with Ryan Reynolds, who's really the driving force behind these films because Tim Miller wanted a much larger budget um, and uh, it really I, was directed by the guy who killed one of the dogs in John Wick, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, this guy who did uncredited <laughs> work, Leach. I think, on uh, um, John Wick and Atomic Blonde, Atomic Blonde yeah. directed this, and uh, it, 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 it feels a lot more stylistically coherent and, and more stylistically interesting as well, I think. Well, mm. you know what I think the big difference was, was I think you're right, Blake, that there was a, an experimental quality to the first one, but I don't necessarily think they took it any farther in that direction than they did in the first one. I think the big difference is actually heart. Um, it's actually kind of interesting. This movie has a lot of tongue-in-cheek moments, as you would expect, and is obviously very um, uh, uh, disrespectful of all cinematic traditions. Mm. But um, it really tries to kind of have sentiment in it, which works, I think. Um, As far as I remember, the first film really didn't have what I would consider to be a heart where you kind of were kind of tugged at your heartstrings. And this film does. Um, We won't, I mean, we're going to spoil everything, I guess, but... um, Everything. His, uh, His love interest, whose name I don't recall... Uh, dies at the beginning of the film. The, so, no, not Vanessa. Why Vanessa. Am I, it is, is it? Vanessa. Is it? Yeah. Vanessa, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Ness. Yes. Yeah. Monica Bar- Barron. You saw the film yeah. 23 minutes ago. I wouldn't be that impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's 27 minutes ago now, Blake. Oh, 27 sorry. minutes ago. Uh, but, but um, yeah, she's, so she's shot and that sets up his kind of arc for... Um, for for uh, revenge throughout the film, um, I mean, I guess it's, it's simple. It's not, it's more complicated than that. He kind of start. He latches on to Julian Dennison from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. He's, which I thought was he's funny. good. Mm. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Um, as his kind of cause celebrity, he tries to save this this boy who's going to turn into um, a kind of a supervillain in the future. And by the way, did you guys get the uh, the connection to Looper? Did you, were you noticing a, a kind of a Looper theme in the film? I don't know if that was intentional well, by them. It, I don't think it was intentional, but yeah. it was there. Someone coming oh, back to yeah. save a young boy from becoming a super... Probably closer to the Terminator, future. where they like a robot goes uh, back to kill a kid. Yeah, a bit of, uh, <laughs> a, a any, any time travel film, where Back to the Future, whatever. Okay, <laughs> Cable <laughs> is Cyclops's Your kid's going to love it. Who's in, Cyclops? In, from X-Men. Mm. Oh, whatever. What? No, I, no, Cyclops's Son. Who's Cy- oh Cyclops, the guy with the sunglasses, Scott yeah, Sanders. Yeah. Yes, never mind. I momentarily Scott forgot Summers. Summers. I forgot momentarily forgot who Cyclops was. He, he, he might, hasn't been an important part of an X Men movie. He, he year, might so. also be Jean Grey's son as well. I can't yeah, remember. I presume so. That's yes, interesting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. in the comics, I think he's obsessed with um, killing Apocalypse. How does he get the- featured in um, Last Stand? No, X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there an X-Men Last Stand? There it was. was. That was which what actually wasn't the last stand. Yeah, there, they, were no, yeah. there were three more stands. Well, no. Which, went, after, which Juggernaut was. There's been like seven After more the last stand, mm. they went back and made the first stand with first, first class. class. Yes. And then sort of now they're sort of slowly building up to another last stand perhaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also incidentally, Cyclops's father is a space pirate. You mean what? like in Ice yeah. Pirates, the Robert Urich Yeah, movie? yeah, they go into outer space in one of the uh, X-Men comics and they meet, they bump into um, Cyclops's dad and he's a space pirate. And you know Cable way too is, much about the X-Men. I think I know just enough. Just enough. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Cable is Cyclops' and possibly Jane Grey's daughter, uh, son. Mm. I thought there was going to be, because um, in this film at the start, there's mention of, he talks about, uh, Deadpool talks about how he, you know his dad was a bad guy. And I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to meet, you know what I mean? Like uh, we're going to yeah. meet his dad. And I thought, 
it was going to be cable, but you know, mm. turns yeah, out cable's granddad was yeah. a space pirate, so yeah. you learn something new every so day. You, yeah. you knew that cable <laughs> wasn't the villain, really. Is that did you know that the whole time? Or yeah, I, yeah. I, I also want to say I thought Josh Brolin was quite quite good as the, in the role of cable, but cable is one of my favorite X Men in the comics, and I have a really vivid and picture. Well, I don't even need a vivid like because you see the pictures in the comics. <laughs> And he, I don't think they really quite nailed the character. As, as good as I, thought, as, as I thought Josh Brolin was, he didn't feel like Cable. Was I think you... Yeah. Oh, Sorry, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you go too long without finding out what uh, Cable's he had purpose sex- is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I, about the time when the vehicle crashes down through the bridge and there's a kind of a, uh, a second end of the second act denouement kind of, I was thinking, I still don't know what Cable really wants in this movie, and that's kind of a problem. Now, they took care of it in the next 30 to 40 minutes satisfactorily, and, uh, and it all kind of came home. But for a while, I was kind of, I felt like we were kind of meandering through the film, and I kind of was wondering what the narrative thrust was. Really? Um, yeah, but that said, I was laughing my full head off. I thought yeah. it was really, really funny. I thought it was much funnier than the first one. You laughed the most out of us three. Yeah, I couldn't hear you because you were on the other side of Derek, and you Derek were was like silent. Blake. Derek no, was I'm laughing a, qu- a I'm lot. A quiet chuckler. You were laughing quietly. A quiet, yeah. quiet chuckler. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> <But, laughs> um, well, funny you said it because as soon as I saw the burnt corpses at the start, started pissing I, yourself laughing. Yeah, I, I knew I knew what he was there. I knew what he was doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, well. Okay. Um, I and mean, that's fair. But I that, yeah. when I was saying it's, it, like the, I think the big difference between the first one and the second one for me was when I was saying like the first one was experimental. The first one just felt like it was just Ryan Reynolds by himself given the mic, whereas this one was just like we're chucking the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People in who's very funny, Josh Brolin who I thought was great. How about Zazie Beats? Was that, you know that Domino? Is? That's Domino. Mm, yeah, she, she was, she was, awesome. she was really good as well. <laughs> I loved her. There seemed to be like, all right, now that we know this is a successful franchise, let's chuck some more I people s- in it. She's from Definitely, but I think show. they are still all foils for Ryan Reynolds. Absolutely. Who, who I've never liked in anything really, and he's just awesome. He's, I mean, he's as a pro, uh, well-made for this role as... You know, Ian McKellen is for Gandalf or like Harrison Ford is for Indiana Jones. I'm not saying I like Deadpool as much as those characters. No, he but works. he really is perfect, you know, as a, as the character of Wade Wilson. I agree. And on top of that, like for me, to be honest, in the first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And he grows on you. I don't know why. Yeah. Like after, after, and it seemed to be as soon as his love interest died, yeah. I don't know, something changed. And I all of a sudden, I think that I agree with you, Derek, and that it had more heart or it... Gave him it, more yeah, of a definitely. purpose because as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, this is not just cracking jokes at the camera for 90 minutes. It was now balance, it's actually like, yeah, oh, it was wow. a balance of tones, I thought. Yeah. Like, they really got the, the mixture of tones. Like, you know, he's genuinely sad about his girlfriend dying and he has some scenes where he's crying. But at the same time, they're making jokes within those scenes and somehow that works. You know, yeah. um, you know you've got a lot of good side characters putting, you know, with for comic relief. I mean, TJ Miller isn't really that useful here, but I love the guy who played um, their Indian friend. Um, from uh, that movie... Yeah, every, everyone in here is a somebody from somewhere. <laughs> it's by the guy, Colin Trevorrow, who made Jurassic World. It was his Safety first not movie. Guaranteed. Safety Not Guaranteed. Safety Not Guaranteed. I also really liked... I wish we'd seen more of um, the, the one human who joins with the team, uh, oh, Peter. Peter. <laughs> um, did, did you recognize him? No. Have you ever watched the show Catastrophe by any no. chance? It's about an American who um, impregnates uh, an Irish woman in London on a business trip and then has to go and uh, figure out how they're going to make it work having a baby. It's great. And he's the huh. star of that. What's so, it on? Is it on Netflix? I'm or not Stan sure. Or? I don't really. Yeah, it's available around. I'm yeah, not sure. Cool. But that he, I thought he was great. And I 
And, and I actually, I was, I was going to say, I was sorry to see him go, but I love the joke of everyone parachuting into their death. Yeah, I thought that was, that was great. That scene was awesome that, with the yeah, really, they say. Like, they yeah, killed yeah. off Terry Crews right away. I'm like, yeah. oh, Terry Crews, I love Terry Crews. Oh, and uh, Bill Skarsgård was the guy. That was Bill Skarsgård. He played Pennywise. Pennywise and, yeah. Yeah. and Brad Pitt had the little cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Was that really was Brad yeah. Pitt? I looked it It was. Um... Yeah, and that was really good as well because you thought, oh, here he goes, he's built his team and then it's like, no, no, he hasn't, they're all gone. And it, it, it is what I I think less so than the first one, they're rough around the edges, they definitely like the uh, uh, embrace the concept of throwing enough shit at the wall uh, and seeing what sticks, but I think this actually sort of a lot sticks and you do, it's not just a wall covered in shit, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, it really was. I, I laughed there, a lot. There, are, there are things that fall flat, but there most were. of it, I think the impression is entertainment. Yeah. Like you get, a, you get a lot of stuff. I mean, every time that they completely steps outside the movie for a moment, you notice it. And you, like he signs a cereal box, yeah. um, Ryan Reynolds, and you know that it opens with a bit where he shows Logan impaled on a tree branch. But that's all stuff from the first film. That's stuff that I didn't maybe care so much about in the first film. But suddenly, like, this film, I, like, caught up to speed on it. I was kind of like, yep, I'm yeah. like, it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, that stuff, maybe the rate of that stuff coming wasn't quite as regular as in the first film. I feel like the yeah. first film, that's what that that's what they needed and that's what they relied on. This film, you got something, you got one of those about maybe every seven or eight minutes, and that was enough, I thought. Yeah, yeah. and they were varied as well because, you know, like, you know, when he, Ryan Reynolds turns to the camera and, and goes and you know and also foreshadowing like when he talks yeah. about like he's in prison he's just like you know that's the biggest guy in the yard and also foreshadowing like uh, that was a really clever joke and then they would mix it up a little bit like when they had the X-Men close the door like you saw all the X-Men you saw Xavier and Beast and all that the real X-Men oh, that yeah, was yeah, kind of yeah. like just little things like that which just it, really I quite enjoyed but you know what this one did and w- when those sort of uh, because those jokes were sort of they were more seldom than in the first film yeah this had a much more interesting plot than a lot of superhero films yeah. nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with uh, Cable coming back to kill his kid, and it wasn't it didn't revolve around a big showdown. It didn't revolve around sort of cities getting destroyed. It revolved around the direction this kid was going to take with his life. Yeah. Which I think is far more interesting, and it it kept you engaged up until the end. Mm. And yeah. on top of that, the, the characters were more human than they've been in a lot of the Marvel films that I've seen. You know, usually it's kind of good or evil where in this one it seemed to be you know that we switched that we the bad guys became good guys and Mm. and, you know you you, in the end the bad guys teamed up with deadpool and they kind of made a family and like you know kind of like it was messy like avengers there are a lot of characters in the film but they really kind of doled out the the screen time well like i i I love a deadpool (laughs) relationship with colossus i first of all i love the effect of colossus i think he looks great he as as a as a CG character, he's kind of distinct in the CG landscape. There's no other character that looks quite like him, and I yeah. think they do a really good job with him. But I love the the kind of like homoerotic relationship between them, which is probably mostly coming from Wade Wilson. But it's just it's just funny, and because he's this humorless like big chunk of metal who like <laughs> who's like kind of um, oil and water with uh, with Deadpool, but their their chemistry works perfectly. The only person I thought I could have gotten some more time was from, and I don't know what her character's name is, but um, the lesbian X-Men. Um, uh, who, subatomic teenage mega warhead or something like okay, that. Okay. It yeah. really, I think it makes the most of these <laughs> Z-list X-Men characters. Yeah. You know, you, like, Colossus is a pretty famous character, but I mean, um, Domino certainly isn't. And the so th- all these are actual characters from the comics? I think so. Yeah, I think they are. Oh, right. the, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, she was. I, I want to talk more about her. I love that scene where she she lands her parachute and is running through all the, the debris flying everywhere. Luck is her superpower, and you know never fails her. And I was like, okay, they're not going to kill her. They got to keep her around. I'm glad they did. She, <coughs> she was such a breath of of welcome air in that film. I thought. Mm. And and that's what I, I think that that this is my qualm with it a little bit is, even though we're saying all of this, which is really quite you know positive, I do think though it's still kind of. Felt like it fit in the Marvel mold a little t- too easily. I would have, I don't know, like I, I, I quite liked all the new elements we're talking about, but I really would have liked it to gone, I don't know, even further and just gotten. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't. It, it, the one thing that I kept on hitting me as I was watching it was I don't think it pushed it as much as it could have, mm. especially since the first movie. I'm not saying in terms of quality, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first movie, but in terms of being a breath of fresh air, it was such a revelation mm. and it made so much money and they kept the budget relatively um, uh, modest yep. for this film. Uh, it's a sure, you know, sure hit as pretty much as sure as a hit can be. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Reynolds seems to, you know, like uh, really want to push the, this uh, franchise so you're right. I think it was uh, um, somewhat. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't Good. know. Good. Yeah, <laughs> that's not it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I, I'm, I'm especially glad to hear you say that, John, because I know that you've been kind of consistently down on these uh, superhero films. Where I've actually, I kind of surprised myself by kind of really liking a number of the last few, like um, Avengers, the last Avengers and Thor Ragnarok. I, and Captain America, I'm, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, um, this, it's enough different, and like I, cer- I, I certainly understand what you're both saying about not pushing it far enough, but it's enough different in, a, in enough ways. It's it's self-referential. It's got a... It, it uh, is, but yeah. I think with this franchise, is it, it's noted for sort of uh, being, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Sorry, I slept really badly last night. <laughs> um, being not... Chinese? <sighs> No, not Chinese. Um, <laughs> unconventional. Unconventional. Yeah, either. unconventional. That, like that's what these films really notif- notable for. And I feel like uh, within that you've got this um, carte blanche to really push Deadpool wherever you yeah. really want. Yeah. And I feel like it's it, – you're right, Blakey. It's more conventional than it perhaps should have been. I mean it's, it's – it, it, that it's conventional is fine. But I think you couldn't – like you, you couldn't push uh, a movie like Captain America the way you could have pushed a movie like Deadpool, and I don't think they did make the most of that opportunity. You still, mm. you still have to have it, but you're talking about you know the whole six original stories that get played over and over again. And you still have to have a narrative. You still have to have acts. All the conventions that they reference, they know they can't escape them. They know they have to um, mold the film after those age-old cinematic conventions. So, are you talking about? More surprises in the plot, or or having a, 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 a structure that didn't build in three acts quite as much. I mean, what in what way would you like to see it pushed? Well, I think I think in every which way. Like you know, I'm a, I'm a big sucker for character development, and, I'm, and I really like being surprised in films. And I feel like with this stuff, I just watch it and I'd be like, I've seen this. I know where this is going. I know what's going to happen. Like you know what I mean? I think it's just like I think they probably even have you know on their wall in the Marvel op office you know here's page 20 of the script therefore we need this to happen here's 25 we need this to happen here's page like i'm pretty sure they're probably yes (laughs) pretty sure they've got set formulas on on, on, maybe page 27 on on what they think is going to work um not to be too cynical i mean but isn't that what film is i mean don't you have to structure a film in a satisfying fashion You, you know you only get um you know probably 
five to ten percent of the total films you see that are really just wackadoo on structure. You yeah, know what but I, mean? I don't even think it needs to be structure. Like, I, you know, there's this really great book called Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, and it's about yeah. these. Um, about filmmaking in the 70s and about how essentially all the, the big um, studio heads were, were searching for the, ne- the summer blockbuster. Yeah. They, they were trying to figure out what that formula is that is going to make them money. And they came up with Jaws and they came up with Star Wars and, you know, we're still seeing the effects of that now in, you know, Han Solo is coming out, what, next week, this week? Han. Yeah, Han. Yeah, but Deadpool <laughs> and then Deadpool exists to skewer all that. I mean it has it, it both no, acknowledges De- that it has to do those things and makes fun of them at the same time. Yeah, but Deadpool two is still in some ways a copy of Deadpool one. And all these the all these here, superhero films are a copy, and I'm. I think they're they're starting to rinse the money cow so much. Like I was amazed how many people were there tonight. We saw it on a, on a Thursday night, and it was. I was amazed how packed it's going to make a lot of money. I don't think that uh, we're necessarily suggesting that it has to completely throw out the rule book in terms of narrative. I mean, you, you, like you said, you still need an opening act, a middle act, and a third act, and it needs to be a satisfying narrative act for a film like this. I'm not going to watch a film. Um, I was going to say El Topo, which I watched the other night, but then I guess that <laughs> sort of does have a narrative arc oh, in a way. Really. <laughs> um, but I, I still think, and I don't know the way in which. I mean, I've had too little sleep to be able to offer you a solution as to what I'm after, but I still feel like it could have pushed pushed itself more to, into more interesting dire- directions somehow. I, like the, the plot was interesting, but not that interesting. No. Yeah. And I, and at the end of the day, I think his desire of um, missing his girlfriend in the end was second nature to the fact of a joke. The joke always comes before the character. Oh, I don't know. I actually found, strangely enough, see, I, I've had a huge problem with films doing that recently. Thor Ragnarok, which you mentioned, Derek, is a really prime well, example of that. In the Avengers that you didn't like um, with, with um, oh, Drax. Oh, yeah, 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 with Drax. And there's there have been a few films recently um, uh, where I've found uh, humour, especially these large budget films. In fact, only these large budget films where the humour has really um, uh, uh, been more important than these dramatic moments. But I actually found that the dramatic moment still hit in this, perhaps because it was a comedy, so it was surprising, you know, uh, to get these dramatic moments. Yeah, I was surprised too. I felt I was like, wow, they're they're risking being viewed as too sentimental, and um, and but I liked it. Like it, 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 they would always come back from that edge. Yeah, and for, I guess for me it was just I guess because like. When his girlfriend died, he just wanted to die. And I thought, this is such an interesting story, concept for this character because he can't die. And so that was, for me, a really interesting, like, Mm -hmm. character-driven thing that this character felt. And then it was kind of like, well, now I'm in jail and I don't really care about that anymore. It's a difficult thing with... Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's a difficult thing with characters like this because it really does... Zap the tension out of it a little bit in terms of he's always going to survive. Yeah, and the, these collars which took away his powers still didn't really, you know, um, uh, amplify any sense of danger whenever he was in a fight scene. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the, the, the only times that collars really made a difference, he didn't. He never really fought with a collar on, did he? I think it was just a uh, no, uh, well, he couldn't. Yeah, uh, briefly. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was just a proof of near the end. It was, at the end of the film, was a proof of that he, you know, he does care for the kid. Yeah. But like, you know, I was really invested and interested in the concept of, like I said, the he couldn't die, and that was a really interesting, like, 
bind he was in and then he he saved the kid and that's complex because he didn't really want to save the kid and then beyond that point it just kind of like it just kind of mellowed out with that complexity i was really enjoying watching this struggle of this character wanting to die not being able to die missing the woman he loves but also weirdly wanting to save this kid and not knowing why that's that's cool because that's mm. all really complex and it, and I, it doesn't need to be spelled out mm. for well, me. I think a lot of that is in Rod Runner's performance. Yeah, mm. um, we're going to move on to our top three guys. Yeah, sure. I'm looking at you, Derek. Top three parodies. Which I don't. Hey, normally yeah. I'm I'm pretty relaxed in terms of what we make our top three. I sort of don't think parodies is appropriate for this. Well, it's interesting. The choices that I made, I don't think are necessarily all parodies. There's there's parodies, there's spoofs, and there's satires. And I kind of just <coughs> picked three titles that I really liked. And whether it's appropriate or not, uh, we're not changing it now. <laughs> Let's um, change it. So my first one is uh, Flying High, which of course I will refer to, which I would refer to as Airplane since I'm American, um, which is just a joke a minute, um, ridiculous sight gags, just a, a barrel of monkeys and just so much fun. Loved it. Um, that's about when I developed my drinking problem. Yeah, <laughs> it is a sight gag, gag that doesn't translate into a podcast. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it does break the fourth wall. Um, so um, And so my number two, and this is the one that I don't really know if it qualifies, but I had to include it because I love the film, Galaxy Quest. Um, oh, yeah. It's just a really yeah. funny film yeah. about that, that, that kind of skewers the sacred cows of Star Trek and the sci-fi genre. That one, the film has a lot of heart, too. One and of the most underrated just, films. It's just hilarious. I love it. Galaxy Crest is, is a classic. Yeah. And my number one, this is Spinal Tap. Um, which is a mockumentary. Is that also a, a parody? I don't really know. But Hey, what, man, you make the rules. What more needs three. to be said except for this This is Spinal Tap goes up to 11 and it's awesome. Yeah, Very good. Blakey, tell us your top three. I absolutely would love to, John Rober. Now. Um, two of mine are Edgar Wright films, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. Mm. Um, yep. His early work is fantastic and you can tell that he's just someone who loves cinema um, and I love those films so much. And... I remember seeing that. And almost got to meet him. If it wasn't yeah. for your cousin. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a story for another time. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'm kind of glad. Shout out to Rick Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, two of the greatest films I think of all time. So if you haven't seen them, um, check and them out. And the third, Blakey? Uh, and the third one is Scream, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, good choice. One of the uh, all-time great original parodies. You know, again, I think all three of these films kind of point to a love of Cinema and yep. the people who made them are just you know nodding, nodding to the films that they grew up with and loved. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my top three as emotionless as possible, Derek. <laughs> uh, in, I'm not going to do them in any order because I actually just thought of three, and they're probably not even my favourite. They're just three yeah. I like. Uh, Flying high slash aeroplane is in there. Probably the best spoof movie of all time. Yeah, has to be. Uh, I have a really soft spot for not another teen movie, <laughs> especially wow. the first half. I think wow. it's very funny. <laughs> Giving you a slow clap, John. You're also clapping loudly into the microphone, which is going into my headphones. <laughs> and my other last one, not my number one, but my last one I'm going to mention is Wrongfully Accused, which I think is... Um, Rono's number Leslie one. Leslie Nielsen, hey, 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 Just go with Naked Gun. Wait more. a second. I'm not saying... <laughs> it's clap him off, hey, guys. <laughs> it's not my number one. In You know, it's just the last one I'm mentioning. It's just got a, my favourite joke in all of cinema, which is... Uh, Leslie Nielsen's looking at this lady's dog and he says to her, oh, your dog sure has a surprised look on its face. And he says, that's because you're looking at its butt. And he says, oh, well, he's definitely not going to enjoy the treat I just fed him. 
So that's yes. why I'm mentioning wrongfully accused. And I can tell Excellent. that you guys think it's funny as well because you're a, laughing so hard. Is that a parody of um, the, the Fugitive? It's shit. It's yeah, like, okay. yeah. yeah. There's two jokes in it that I like, but Rhino's favourite <laughs> film is wrongfully accused. <laughs> I'm usually the one with Someone's the shit choices. Someone's going to mention wrongfully accused. Um, now, final thoughts? Final thoughts, yeah. I mean... Uh, who who wants to go first? I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I loved everything with Luke, Ray, and Kylo Ren, and I thought the trip to Canto Bite <laughs> really was just unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to talk about Star Wars now too. <laughs> um, yeah, stick stick around for the end post credit uh, scene. The post credit um, scene's great. I think Brilliant. This, is, this is probably the best post credit scene in Marvel history of all time. I thought it was very yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and I think Hugh Jackman's a bit of a party pooper for, you know, not getting involved in this. Not making a cameo. But they they, they gave him a special thanks in the credits, so he I must can, have done something. I can sort of understand why he went out with a uh, with a bang with Logan. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I was kind of annoyed him in the media being like, you know, asking too much is just, you know, not very sexy, Ryan. It's like, shut up, Hugh. Like, mm. I don't think you're going to have much of a career after this. You so know what, Hugh? That, that movie Australia showman. sucks. That Greatest Showman was brilliant, though. I did actually like that film, I must admit. Yeah. I was making a joke. No, I know. Okay. I know. But I went <laughs> in there I would have made the same that. joke. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a, like you, I have a soft spot for Zac Efron. And, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I did really quite enjoy that. So I'm off. Can we also say uh, Bon Voyage to Blakey? Yeah. My parting comment is The Greatest Showman. And that's not a permanent Bon Voyage. Blakey will be out of the country for no, five three years. Three, four years? Three months. Five three months. Years. Three months. Okay. He's going to Europe. We'll miss him. Yeah, Zoe and I are starting Boldly going where no man has gone before. Mm, no some, man. Some men have gone to Europe before. Who? Name three people that have I've gone to there. Europe. I've been there. Okay, name two more people that have gone to oh, Europe. I'm stumped. <laughs> it means Zoe going to start our own podcast. The Real Good Podcast. The Real Good Podcast. Zut alors. Das the Good Podcast. Hey, we've been talking about Deadpool 2. Uh, this has been and the Star Real Wars. Good Podcast. Uh, Derek's been trying to talk about Star Wars. Hey, thanks for thanks for I'm just trying to break the fourth wall. Thanks for stopping by, Derek. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being here, Blakey. Thanks, Rono. Uh, I know, and I'm John. Hey, for more stuff uh, on everything, go to realgood.com.au. That's real with two e's. There's podcasts. There's videos. There's reviews. Derek is going to write the review of Deadpool too because I'm too tired. Yes. Aren't you, Derek? And I'll, I will take nothing from this rev- this podcast for my review whatsoever. And Derek does what he's told. Mm-hmm.